Hello this is Diksha from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 27th of June. India recorded over 50,000 cases of COVID-19 and more than 1,200 deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally now stands at over 3 crore while the official death toll has crossed 395,000. These figures are believed to be heavy undercounts. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 180 million people, claiming the lives of over 3.9 million. The director of the World Health Organization, Tedros Adhanom, yesterday criticized rich countries for their reluctance to share COVID vaccines with low-income countries, adding that vaccine inequity had exposed the unfairness of the world. The central government told the Supreme Court that a COVID vaccine developed by Indian pharmaceutical company Zydus Candela will soon be available for children in the age group of 12 to 18. The center also told the court that 135 crore doses of COVID vaccines from different manufacturers will be available by December this year. Our story of the week this time is about India's vaccination drive and how the government claimed to have achieved a world record of vaccinations on Monday. We will come back to this later in the episode. Two explosions took place at the Jammu Air Force Station at around 2 a.m. on Sunday within 5 minutes of each other. Two IAF personnel suffered minor injuries in the explosions. NDTV reported that National Bomb Data Center experts, forensic teams and the Jammu and Kashmir police rushed to the high security airport after the explosions. It also quoted military sources as saying that the incident was being treated as a serious one with a national investigation agency team being sent to the airport which is around 16 kilometers from the border with Pakistan. Indian Express reported that the Jammu and Kashmir police have registered an FIR under provisions of the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act and the Explosives Act. The police have arrested two people from the area including a suspected militant with an improvised explosive device. In another development in Jammu and Kashmir, National Conference leader Omar Abdullah said yesterday that the central government must restore Jammu and Kashmir's statehood before holding assembly elections. Abdullah said and I quote, "If you have to conduct an election, return the statehood first. Whenever and wherever we get a chance, we will keep stressing on this." unquote. On Thursday, Prime Minister Narendra Modi and Home Minister Amit Shah along with other dignitaries had held a 3-hour long meeting with leaders of political parties in Jammu and Kashmir. This was the first meeting between the centre and political parties of the erstwhile state since its special status was revoked in August 2019. The redrawing of the Lok Sabha and Assembly constituencies was discussed in the meeting and regional leaders as well as the Congress party put forth the demand that Jammu and Kashmir's statehood be restored. After the meeting, Congress leader Gulam Nabi Azad quoted Amit Shah as saying that the central government is committed to granting statehood to Jammu and Kashmir. People's Democratic Party president and former chief minister of the erstwhile state, Mehbooba Mufti, said after the meeting that the abrogation of the special status has left the citizens of the valley angry, upset and emotionally shattered. A 50-year-old woman died in Uttar Pradesh's Kanpur on Friday as she was unable to reach the hospital on time due to traffic restrictions put in place for President Ram Nath Kovind's visit. The Indian Express reported that Vandana Mishra, the chairperson of the women's wing of the Indian Industries Association's Kanpur chapter, had been struggling with post-COVID complications. She had recovered from the infection in April. Mishra had gone to a hospital on Friday for some tests but after returning home by 4 p.m. began experiencing nausea and uneasiness. 
Soon after, Mishra and her family left for the hospital and found traffic on the way as the police had reportedly stopped traffic along several roads in the city on account of President Kovin's arrival. One of the routes where the traffic was halted was the route that Mishra's family took to the hospital. The Indian Express reported that Mishra got sick in the car and her family gave her CPR in an attempt to save her. She was declared dead at the hospital. The Kanpur police chief apologized for Mishra's death on Twitter while adding in another tweet that President Kovind was anguished by Mishra's death and asked officials to convey his condolences to her family. According to NDTV, two sub-inspectors and three constables have been suspended in connection with the incident. Talking about Uttar Pradesh, for about a week now, TV news channels have run primetime shows on the Uttar Pradesh police busting an alleged conversion racket in Delhi. We are told by the channels that this network spreads across India. Angry anchors also said that the racket is funded by Pakistan's spy agency ISI. The police have arrested four people for running the alleged racket and the mainstream media claims that over 1,000 people have fallen victim to it. But how much of this is true? Did these channels verify these claims before running them? Well, here at News Laundry, we decided to find out. In Delhi, our reporter Akansha Kumar went to the house of Mohammad Umar Gautam, who is, according to the UP police's anti-terrorist squad, the leader of this racket. He was arrested on June 20. But in her conversations with Umar's wife and neighbours, Akansha found something quite different from what the channels are saying. To know what she found, go to newslaundry.com and read her report titled The Curious Case of 1000 Conversions. Who is Umar Gautam? While a section of the media spent a whole week rolling out new narratives about this alleged religious conversion racket, our reporter did her job of going out on the ground and reporting. I leave it up to you to choose the kind of news you prefer. And if you like what we do, please consider supporting us. Because we are not funded by advertisement money from big corporations and the government. We are supported by our subscribers who pay to power our coverage. Go to newslaundry.com today and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. Subscriptions start as low as 300 rupees a month. Coming back to our story of the week. On Monday, June 21st, the Modi government claimed that India had created a world record for administering the highest number of vaccines in a single day, adding that it was a result of the central government taking back charge of vaccine procurement from the states. At the outset, the purported world record of 86 lakh doses in a single day is not actually a world record. China had earlier vaccinated 2 crore people in a day for more than a week. And that's not all. The news portal Scroll cited data to show that some of the BJP-governed states had slowed down their vaccination drives in the days leading up to June 21, which might have resulted in creating this record of administering 86 lakh vaccines nationwide. For instance, Madhya Pradesh administered the highest number of vaccines across all states on Monday, with 16.9 lakh vaccine doses. Interestingly, the previous day, it had delivered only 692 doses of COVID vaccines, according to data from Centre's digital vaccine portal, COVIN. In fact, the slowing down of the vaccination drive in Madhya Pradesh had started from June 17 itself. While over 3.3 lakh vaccine doses were given on June 16, the next four days showed a steep decline with 1.2 lakh doses on June 17, 14.8 thousand doses on June 18, leading up to just 692 doses on June 20. 
According to the state's average between June 13 and 16, the number of vaccine doses given per day was above 2 lakh. But between June 17 and 20, the state just gave a total of 1.6 lakh doses. BJP governed states like Karnataka, UP and Assam showed similar trends before June 21. Karnataka administered 11.21 lakh doses on Monday, the second highest in the country, and only 68,000 doses the previous day. These trends were not seen in non-BJP states like Maharashtra and Rajasthan. Notably, the day after this record that never was, India administered only 54.22 lakh COVID vaccines on Tuesday, which was a drop of more than 40% from Monday. India's vaccination program has been muddled from the start. Initially, the Modi government was procuring vaccines for all states. In the middle of the second wave when states faced acute shortages the government decided to change the vaccination policy leaving the states to buy vaccines for those above 18 resulting in further shortages and inequity and also inviting criticism from the supreme court which called the policy arbitrary and irrational then on june 7 the government reversed its own policy to procure vaccines for all and eventually claimed that the said world record was a result of the change it made in the vaccine policy and yesterday prime minister narendra modi expressed satisfaction at the pace of covid-19 vaccination in the country this week all of this brings me to an opinion piece on newslaundry.com by vivek call he said that the narendra modi government has been in a hurry to declare that the war against covid has been won India has around 94.3 crore people over the age of 18 and will need close to 200 crore doses to vaccinate this population but the government didn't order enough doses in advance as the data shows it only began placing bulk orders when the worst of the second wave of the pandemic became obvious despite this he wrote the government has found enough occasions to pat itself on the back for a job well done read his full piece on newslaundry.com It is titled What the Government's Vaccine Strategy Has in Common with the Vietnam War. The Enforcement Directorate told a Mumbai court yesterday that former Maharashtra Home Minister Anil Deshmukh had received over rupees 4 crore from bar owners in Mumbai and channeled that money to his trust in the form of donations through various dummy companies. The ED made this claim during the remand hearing of Deshmukh's personal secretary Sanjeev Palande and personal assistant Kundan Shinde. Palande and Shinde were arrested in connection with a money laundering case related to multi-crore bribery and extortion allegations that led to Deshmukh's resignation in April. They were booked under provisions of the Prevention of Money Laundering Act. The duo was remanded in ED custody till July 1. Deshmukh had been asked to depose before the investigating officer at the ED office in Ballard Estate by 11 a.m. However, he sought a fresh date for appearance and his lawyers handed over a letter written by him to the investigators. The ED has found that suspended Mumbai police inspector Sachin Vaze had collected rupees 4.7 crore from bar owners between December 2020 and February 2021 purportedly on the instruction of Anil Deshmukh. According to the ED, Vaze gave the money to Deshmukh's private assistant Kundan Shinde. after which a part of this money was routed to a charitable trust in Nagpur through four shell companies in Delhi Vaze is currently in judicial custody in connection with the recovery of an explosives laden SUV found near industrialist Mukesh Ambani's residence in South Mumbai and the subsequent death of Thane based businessman Mansukh Hiran the case is being probed by the NIA now for some news from the world of sports 
Yesterday, a police officer from Kerala qualified for the Tokyo Olympics. 26-year-old Sajan Prakash became the first Indian to qualify for the Olympic Games by clearing the A standard of international swimming, clocking 1 minute 56.38 seconds in the 200-metre butterfly event in Rome. The Kerala police tweeted about Prakash's achievement on its official handle and said that it was a proud moment for the country. What makes his achievement even more special is that over the past couple of years, Prakash battled a slipped disc in his neck. Prakash was quoted as saying in a press release, I have worked very hard for this and I was confident with the way I had trained. This was my last chance and I knew I had to do it here. I had come so close to the qualifying mark in the previous meets, but my coach Pradeep sir and I planned my tapering in such a way that I would peak at these two events in Serbia and Rome. Unquote. Prakash also rewrote his own national record of 1 minutes 56.96 seconds that he had set last week at the Belgrade Trophy Swimming Competition. This will be Prakash's second successive Olympics, having represented India in 2016 Rio Games. Prakash will take part in the Tokyo Games alongside Mana Patel, who has been nominated by the Swimming Federation of India. And now for some international news. UK Health Secretary Matt Hancock resigned on Saturday following revelations that he broke government COVID restrictions during an affair with a close aide. Sajid Javid, former Chancellor of the Exchequer, was named as Hancock's replacement. 42-year-old Hancock wrote to Prime Minister Boris Johnson to resign after the Sun newspaper published photos on Friday of the married minister embracing a woman whom he had appointed to a taxpayer-funded role to scrutinise the performance of his department. Johnson said that he was sorry to receive Hancock's resignation and that he should be immensely proud of his service. Hancock's replacement, Javed, has already held two of the top jobs in the government, serving as finance minister from 2019 to 2020 and interior minister in 2018. He's a former managing director at the Deutsche Bank and previously worked as an aide to former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. With 128,000 deaths, Britain has one of the highest official death tolls from COVID-19 in the world and Hancock, in the post for almost three years, had been heavily criticised for his initial handling of the pandemic. That's all the news we have for you today. Hold on in these distressing times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.